We are on Ksubis Ayin Vav Amad Aleph 76a, about five lines from the bottom. Our Gemara now will continue in the discussion of what happens in scenarios where we are in doubt. We do not know what happened. We have no witnesses. We don't know how to sort of uh, re, uh, reshape, uh, reanalyze the, uh, the, the situation which happened. And this has uh, legal ramifications. It has monetary ramifications. Uh, what do you do in these scenarios? And so, as we've discussed over the last couple of classes, there's a concept called a chazaka. Chazaka is status quo. And this is a way in, us, in which we follow, uh, figure out what to do. When in doubt, this is one of the tools that we use. We use the concept of majority sometimes, statistical majority. But uh, if we don't have that, or in certain cases we're not allowed to use that, uh, we use the concept of chazaka, which is the idea of status quo. There's different types of chazakos. There's different types of uh, situation, uh, different types of uh, chazakas of status quo that we follow. We've been discussing until now the concept of chazas aguf that the body does not change until we last found out about it. We assume that that uh, let's say with regards to a blemish, we assume nothing changed with the body that the body did not have a blemish until we found out about it. That's the concept of status quo. It doesn't status quo doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, this must be what happened because uh, of status quo, but it could be, for most of the time, it could be the idea that since we don't know, this is just a way of us resolving the situation. Uh, this is not a beerer, it's not a way of um, proving uh, what happened, but it's a way of hachra, it's just a way of uh, figuring it out, uh, just ha- a way to move forward in a situation where we just don't know the facts. There is another type of chazaka called cheskas mamon, which is that if the mamon is by me, so then it stays by me unless you have a proof otherwise. You have to bring full proof otherwise. Now that doesn't have to be based on status quo. That could just be the idea that um, if you want to extract money from me, so then you have to bring proof. It doesn't mean that it's a status quo idea that if it was mine yesterday, therefore it's mine today. No, something could have changed. But if you want to, if you if you feel if you think that uh, you deserve the money, that it's something that I owe you, so then you have to bring proof. We leave the money where it is. Uh, that would be the concept of just leaving the money where it is. Okay, with that introduction, let's see the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Dumer Shmuel. Shmuel says, uh, this is Rabbi Huda in the name of Shmuel. We will see, not in today's class, but in the next class, that we will back down. The Gemara will have a different explanation of Shmuel, but this is the assumption right now as we read this Gemara. Okay, this is the case. The case is, I own a cow, you own a donkey. What do I do? I'm the owner of the cow, we want to trade. I'm going to trade you my, I own the cow, I'm going to trade you my cow for the donkey. Okay? And so the owner of the donkey pulls the, the cow, that's the way that he owns the cow, that completes the sale, even though uh, the owner, the original owner of the cow has not done anything to the donkey yet, but once one party, they're doing a trade-off, once one party does an act of Kenyan, an act of acquisition, so he pulls the, the, the cow, uh, that uh, finalizes the deal. However, uh, when they get to the donkey and they wanna, they're getting ready for the, for the original owner of the cow to then take a, hold of the donkey, the donkey has died. And we don't know when the donkey died. And when the donkey died has serious ramifications. If the donkey died prior to the acquisition, the final acquisition, which was the pulling of the cow, so then it's not a good sale, because at the time of the sale, it was based on 
uh, a false understanding. They thought that the donkey was alive. The donkey really died. Not a good sale. However, if the sale took place, the owner, original owner of the donkey pulled the cow. That makes uh, that finalizes the transaction. So whatever happens afterwards is post the transaction. And so therefore, the owner of the uh, of the, the original owner of the the cow um, now receives his donkey, even though it's a dead donkey, but it died in his rishus, in his domain. So we don't know. When did this donkey die? Did it die before the pulling of the cow or did it die after the pulling of the cow? So the law is that um, we assume that the donkey really did die before. We assume the donkey did die before the actual, um, before the actual pulling of the, of the cow. And it's a, the, the onus is placed upon the original owner of the donkey to say that, no, the donkey was alive. The sale went through. We assume the sale did not go through. Um, and it's upon the owner of the donkey to say that the, to prove that the donkey was really alive during the time of the actual transaction when he pulled the cow. And it's placed upon him to prove that the donkey was really alive. Okay? So it's on him to prove that the donkey was alive. Otherwise, we assume that the donkey died beforehand, and therefore there's no transaction. This is actually quite difficult uh, because, number one, we should have a status quo that the donkey was alive. That just like he was alive yesterday, he was alive at the latest point in time. Therefore, he should have been alive at the time of the transaction, only died just a few moments before we found out about the fact that the donkey died. Uh, So we should have that. Uh, in addition to that, we should also have the principle of the owner of the, the original owner of the donkey. Now he pulled the cow. The cow is now in his domain. So we should have a concept called chesos mamon that leave things where they are. Since he pulled the cow for the purpose of acquiring it, it's now in his rishus. It's in his domain. So then to extract from it, the other person should have to bring a proof that it's really not his. Uh, why is the, why is the responsibility placed on the one who pulled the cow? It's in his domain right now. So to that, uh, Tosos explains, one of the classic commentators, he explains that, no, that when, when, when we say that you have cheskas mamon, that uh, that which is in your hands is yours, and therefore the other person needs to bring a proof, that only applies if you are coming with a claim, with a clear claim, and you know exactly why it's in your hands. And the fact you're coming with a tiny, what we refer to as a tiniest bari. This is mine. I know this is mine. I don't know why this is mine. So then, uh, so if somebody else wants it, they have to bring a full proof. However, in this case, the guy doesn't even know. It's what we refer to as Tainus Shema. He has no idea. He doesn't know what happened, whether the donkey died beforehand or not. Since he doesn't know, the fact that the cow is now in his hands really doesn't mean anything because he can't even make a clear claim. The fact that it's in his hands is questionable even to himself. He doesn't even know because he has no idea whether the donkey died before or after the pulling of the cow. Um, so anyways, this is, this is, that's the idea. <laughs> and that is the reason why, uh, the responsibility is placed on the owner of the donkey, because we assume everything goes back, right? Uh, Tosos explains that, uh, once we, he can't keep it, we don't say cheskas mamon, that he gets to keep it because he doesn't have a clear claim. It's a questionable claim. So then we fall back on cheskas marikama, we return the objects where they originally belonged, unless there's a, again, unless there's a proof. Otherwise, we return the cow to the owner of the cow. We return the donkey to the owner of the donkey, unless there's a proof otherwise. But the Gemara, why are we mentioning all this? The Gemara says, kala. The Gemara says that uh, this is parallel to our Mishnah, to one of the cases in our Mishnah. The Gemara is going to try to figure out what case in our Mishnah are we talking about? Now, how is this exactly parallel to any case in our Mishnah with the blemishes? We're going to see that it seems to be pretty difficult 
to connect the Tar Mishnah. We're going to provide two suggestions, and then we'll have a third one. We'll reject the first two, and then we'll be left with the third one. How is it connected to our Mishnah? So, hi, Kala. Which case of the Kala and the Mumin and the blemishes are we referring to? Says the Gemara as we turn the page. Ilema, moving on to Ayin Vav and Beis 76b. Ilema Kala Beis Avia. If we're talking about the first case of the Mishnah, that uh, she had a blemish while she was in her father's home uh, during the halachic engagement, and on that we say that the responsibility is placed upon the father to prove that the blemish only existed after the halachic engagement, and that's why they're still engaged. Midami Hasamaisi Av Raya Umapik Hasamaisi Balachamaraya Umokim. How could you compare the two? How could you say, oh, we see from our Mishnah that uh, when the blemish happens, that you have to prove that the blemish happened later, just like here by the uh, donkey, you have to prove that it happened later. Um, how, why, wh- how could you compare the two? In our case, in our Mishnah, the reason why the responsibility is placed upon the father because he has to bring a proof so that he could then allow his daughter to receive the ksuba, or she receives the ksuba, um, so that he could receive, the, he could extract money from the husband. So his his intention is to extract money from the husband, so that she receives her ksuba when the marriage ends. So ah, if he has to receive the ksuba, he's trying to take money away from him. If he's trying to take money away from him, so then he has the responsibility. So that makes sense. But in the case of the owner of the, the original owner of the donkey who pulled the pulled the cow, the cow is now in his hands. So why should why should he have to bring a proof that oh I get to keep the cow? No, the cow is by me. You, if you want to take the cow back. You have to bring the proof. So it's not really comparable to the first case of our Mishnah. In the first case of our Mishnah, the father has to bring a proof because he's trying to extract money from the husband. He's trying to extract the ksuba. Uh, in, in the case of the donkey and the cow, um, the o- original owner of the donkey, he now pulled the cow and he wants to just hold on to it. He wants to retain it. So why is the responsibility placed upon him to prove that it was a good sale? So the says, okay, fine. Amar Rabbi suggestion number two. Kala Bebeis Chameha. Rabbi Abba says, you know what the case is? The case is the second case of the Mishnah, where the blemish happens in the house after they get married. After they're married and uh, they're fully married, then we find the blemish. When did this blemish happen? So we assume it happened later. Unless the husband can prove that it happened really before they were halakhically engaged. Right, so therefore, the husband has to prove that it happened earlier. Happened earlier. Um, so the Gemara says, "What's the comparison there? That it's upon the husband, because uh, the, assuming that the, the comparison is because the husband is trying to retain his 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 item. He's trying to keep his ksuba, to the ksuba money, not have to give over the ksuba money. Uh, so we see, nevertheless, he has to prove it. So maybe we could compare it to the case of the person who pulled the cow." It's upon him also still to prove that the cow belongs to him. Maybe there's a comparison there. The Gemara says, no, what's the comparison? In the case of our Mishnah, the reason why the husband has to bring a proof is because he's going up against a chazaka, the status quo, that no blemish happened until after they were married, or at least halachically engaged. After the Kiddushin, that uh, no blemish happened. That's the concept of chazaka. So in order for him to, uh, to, uh, to override the chazaka, the onus is upon the husband to prove that it happened prior to the engagement. So that makes sense. But in the case of the donkey and the cow, uh, so the, the chazaka really supports him. The status quo to say that the donkey was alive the whole time until the last moment that we found out about it. We found out about it after the sale. So then we assume that he died right then and there. But otherwise, the donkey has been alive. So therefore, it's really in support. So why, ask the Gemara again, 
rejecting suggestion number two, ask the Gemara, why is the responsibility placed upon the owner of the uh, original donkey, uh, the one who actually pulled the cow? So, and how do you see this from our Mishnah? So, answers the Gemara. Amar of Nachem Bar Yitzchak. Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak says, Kalam The case is as follows. That it's really going back to the first case. The first case is that it's a responsibility of the father of the bride um, to prove that the blemishes happened afterwards. To prove that it really happened afterwards and that she, he's trying to uh, prove that it happened afterwards uh, so that they stay married. What are we talking about here? It's really where he's trying to protect his money. How is he protecting his money? Because there's three different ways to have a halakhic engagement. One of those three ways is through money. And let's say he has either the money or he has the ring. Today we use a ring. He has the ring. Does he have to return the ring back? Do we say, oh, she had a blemish. Maybe the blemish happened already from prior to the engagement. So now he has to return the ring back. Do we say he has to return the ring or not? Well, uh, that's the case of the Mishnah. And the Mishnah says that the responsibility is placed upon the father to prove that uh, that he gets to keep the ring, that he can keep the ring. So he's trying to hold on to the ring. He has to bring the proof, even though uh, really the chazaka, the chazaka, the status quo helps him. Nevertheless, because he has a weak taina, he has a weak claim, uh, he's saying that, uh, uh, he's saying that, I don't really know that there's a blemish here. I'm not sure that there's a blemish here. Uh, so therefore, he has a weak claim. Alternatively, some explain because it's not because of his weak claim, but it's because uh, the chazaka, the status quo that applies to the daughter, will not extend to the father, meaning there's a status quo that she doesn't have a blemish. That might apply only to her. doesn't necessarily extend to the father. Either way, the point is that he's not believed. Even though he's trying to maintain his rights, he's trying to keep his possession of the ring, and even though seemingly there's a status quo that uh, it happened at the last point in time, still, the responsibility is placed upon him. So that is parallel to the case of the person who pulls the, don- the, hor- the, sorry, <laughs> the cow to keep it. It's in, his, it's, it's in his domain. It's like it's parallel to the, to the ring. Um, and the chazaka, the status quo that the donkey was alive the whole time, it should help him to say that the transaction, transaction actually did go through. Nevertheless, he has a responsibility of proving that uh, other, without, uh, without his proof, we assume that the donkey died earlier before the sale. Uh, and he has, it's his responsibility to prove that it really happened after the sale. So the two, those two cases are, in fact, parallel. And adds the Gemara, Amram Nachmaritzuk, sorry, Velotim, I'll leave it to Mandamar Kedushin, Lavla Tivun Nisnu, Elfil Mandamar Kedushin, Lavla Nisnu, Hanimili Kedushin Vada, Kedushin Taos, Yemaisi Rai in, Ilolo. Happens to be that there's an argument uh, in a different Mesechta, in a different tractate, um, in Baba uh, Basra, about what happens if there is a engagement. They have an engagement and they give a ring. He gives her the ring, but have, they never actually end up getting married. They never end up getting married. Is she allowed to keep the ring or is she not allowed to keep the ring? So that is a dispute. That is a machlokas. That's a dispute whether or not she's allowed to keep the ring. Maybe it's, the ring was only given on condition that they actually end up getting married, but they didn't end up getting fully married. So if she's allowed to keep the ring or not is a, is a matter is subject to debate. So Argamar says, even according to the opinion that she could keep the ring, uh, that she could keep the ring, maybe that's only in a case where we know that there was a, a complete engagement, halachic engagement. But in our case, we are questioning whether or not they were engaged. We don't know if there's a blemish beforehand. They are not engaged. And so therefore, in such a case, because it's a question, if you bring a proof that uh, really it was a good engagement, she could keep it. But if not, not, then she can't keep it. Okay, so this is a, a Gemara, a very important Gemara with regards to the different topics of Chazaka, status quo. When we apply status quo, when we don't apply status quo, there's so much more to discuss here. 
which is beyond uh, the scope of uh, this class. Uh, but we're on Ayin Vav and Beis 76b, and we will continue and hopefully finish uh, this uh, discussion in the next class.